Today, 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 everything changes for you. There is absolutely nothing any of us can do to change our past. But please know that your decision to join us in the purity of our praise unto God today definitely changes your future. St. Peter United decrees that you are worthy, you are loved, you are accepted, and you have a purpose. Good morning, St. Peter. Today, you guys, today for me is a little strange. I'm not used to taking part in uh, preaching uh, in regards to this, but today we take part in an ongoing commitment to equip us with the tools for nonpartisan faithful engagement in our dem de democratic, I'm sorry, process. For people of faith, uh, public policy is never merely politics. It's a way of living out the greatest commandment to love our neighbors as ourselves. So I want to look this morning at three verses or three scriptures, and I know you like three scriptures. Oh my goodness, Shelley, but they are only one verse each, I promise you, that I believe that uh, will encourage us in our faith and our vote. Our first scripture is, it comes from uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 1, verse 17, Isaiah 1, verse 17, and it reads, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Our second scripture is Isaiah 6, verse 8, and it reads, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Our last scripture comes from Galatians 5 and 1, and it reads, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let us pray. O Holy One, source of all life and ground of all love, we say thank you. Thank you for your love that never lets us go. Thank you for the privilege of gathering in this space to worship you. We come that our hearts might be open to you and to each other. Guide us as a community of faith as a nation to follow the path of love and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And our great ancestor, Jesus the Christ, Ashe and amen. The year I turned 18, 
I remember receiving a uh, birthday card from my older sister. Inside the card, there was a folded piece of paper with two $20 bills in it. I was excited. Now, I wasn't excited just for the money, but because I had expressed that I wanted to go to Disneyland for my birthday. So I figured that the piece of paper was the itinerary for Disneyland. I quickly skimmed the birthday card, like y'all know we're supposed to do. I unfolded the piece of paper. I read the note that was attached to it that said, Happy birthday, girlie, and welcome to adulthood. I wanted to make sure that you receive your voter's registration application. Now that you're old enough to vote. Oh yeah, here's a little something for you to enjoy your day. Love your chick, Sean. Disappointed? Yes. Because of course it was not the itinerary to go see Mickey Mouse. It was the day, though, that I learned that voting and being registered to vote had to be a serious matter. But it would not be until I was older that I understood the intersection of our faith and our vote. Last year, I was blessed to take a course um, called Practicing Our Faith in the Public Square. This class examined the why, the how, and direction of faith-based engagement in the political life of our communities and nation and its areas of resistance and confusion regarding this engagement. Most importantly, this class offered language that connects faith and politics, and it had established a commitment in me to working for the public good of all God's people through spirited participation in civic affairs. My challenge? My challenge was removing all the thoughts that were put into me and told about churches having no business providing a space for political discourse. William Stringfellow, American theologian and social activist, writes, if religion and politics are separated, then religion and practical life are separated. When we understand politics as the realm in which we come together and make decisions about the way we structure our common life, then we can look at political activity as a natural and necessary part of every human relationship and community. In an interview with Texas Impact, our very own Pastor Leslie was, was asked, what from your faith tradition do you point your community to when explaining the importance of voting? Leslie advises an understanding of Roman context, the historical context of scriptures, and an understanding of the time in which Jesus was active. You see, church involvement in the public square predates the beginnings of Christianity, and it is rooted in the words and deeds of the great prophets of Israel, like Isaiah. In that first scripture, 
1 and 17, Isaiah is speaking to the people of God and commanding the people to learn to do good. Seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause for the orphan, and fight for the rights of the widow. Right there, Isaiah is taking a political stance. When we speak of justice and righteousness, we speak of it with regards to defending the rights of the powerless and society's vulnerable people to merge harmonious relationships. Our political process should be the sharing and linking of power and correcting systemic inequalities. Our faith is not passive. Our faith beliefs are not meant to be mere abstract convictions or theoretical concepts, but our faith is a dynamic force that calls us to action and engagement with the world around us. Our faith should reject a submissive or indifferent approach to light, and it should challenge us to actively live out our principles and values that are intrinsic in our beliefs. Our faith. Our faith is a challenge to translate what we say we believe into action, not just confined to our religious rituals, but it should extend to how we engage with the challenges and opportunities presented in our communities, in our state, and in our world seeking to make positive changes. The late Archbishop Desmond Tutu stated, I don't know what Bible people are reading I don't know what Bible people are reading when they say faith and politics do not mix. Let us not forget, people, that Jesus was not crucified for preaching or practicing privatized religion. As a faith community, it is our responsibility to create safe spaces to help undergird the needs for those who are in the public square. We must provide sanctuary. We must provide sanctuary to speak, to debate, to hold for forums. It offers an ability to educate our community on political stances that have the power to shape our society. When we create these spaces, we are engaging in the justice work by committing to the call that prompts us to be agents of change. How? Extending love and compassion for all, especially those in the public square. I heard this quote and I thought it was befitting to us who feel the way that I used to feel. We can't be so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. Our faith is not just a personal journey. It is a communal responsibility to respond with open hearts, obedient spirits, using our voice to actively participate in God's plans for justice and righteousness, but also to hold leaders accountable for the well-being of our people and to justly exercise their power.
Saturday, July 1st, in front of thousands at the 2023 Essence Festival of Culture, located in Caesars Superdome, New Orleans, Louisiana. Jill Scott, in all of her Jill Scottness. In her boldness, shocks the crowd when she belts out her version of the national anthem. She sings, Oh, say, can you see? By the blood in these streets, that this place doesn't smile on you, colored child, whose blood built this land with sweat and their hands, but will die in this place and your memory erase. Oh, say, does this truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slave. For some people, maybe even some of you in this room, this version may spew a sense of disrespect to our country. This version may be disrespectful to those who fought in wars. It may be disrespectful to the leaders who have gone before us to make it possible to live as we live today. But for me, and argue with your eyebrows, listening to this version of Jill Scott, Sing this national anthem resonated the importance of using our voices to inform others about the call of our civil engagement and the vital role each voice plays in upholding and advocating the democratic right to vote. Jill Scott. For me, this was a modern-day answer to God's question right there in Isaiah 6 and 8. Who will go? Who will speak for us? And just as prophet Isaiah, Jill Scott's opened her mouth and sings, Here am I, send me. You see... Jill Scott's rendition of the national anthem was not an intent to disrespect or even to divide. It was intended to wake us up to see that when we do not activate our power and act on what is rightfully ours, we continue to be slaves to patriarchy. We continue to be slaves to the system. We are slaves to consumerism, slaves to social media, to the lies that we follow and to any other negativity that does not benefit us as a people, as a culture, or as a society.
St. Peter, who will go for us? Who will go and speak for the black indigenous people of color? Who will go and speak for the LGBTQIA community? Who will speak up for women's rights? Who will speak for disability rights? Who will speak for all civil and human rights of this world? And like Isaiah, even before knowing what the journey entails, will we raise our hands? Will we use our voice to speak? to the challenges and conflicts in our faith and the continuous challenges in our government. Who will speak for us? Here I am, send me. As a community, we must go and use our voices to share, to educate, to equip and proclaim that our faith compels us and compels our commitment to social justice and ministry. Will you go? Fannie Lou Hammer, one of the most profound civil rights and voting rights activist once stated to her crowd, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. She said, you can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. What she was saying then should be evident to us today. If we do not stand for something, we will fall for anything. We cannot solely rely on prayers from the pews, but we have to take an active part in our civic responsibility and get out and vote. The last scripture says, Galatians 5 and 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. This verse reminds us that our faith and our vote is linked to freedom. You know, freedom, the power or right to act, speak, and change as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Freedom. Freedom is associated with liberty and autonomy of and from whatever infringes us. Voting is a fundamental stand for freedom as an expression of our individual truth. Voting empowers us to have a say in laws and regulations that impact our lives, promoting a system where collective decisions reflect the will of our people. President Lyndon B. Johnson was quoted saying, the vote is the most powerful instrument ever devised for breaking down injustice. So, if voting is such a privilege and freedom, why is it that more than half of eligible voters in the United States of America do not maintain this right? According to the Pew Research Center, as of July 2023, 
adults under the age of 50 made up 64% of non-voters in the last election. That's people my age on down. The data also showed that 18% of Hispanic, 15% of Black and non-Hispanic, and 5% of Asian Americans were also non-voters. Of these stats, 25% of adults with college degrees did not vote, and 74% without a college degree did not vote. So in a world where we, where the call for freedom echoes through time, we find ourselves amid controversies that speak to the very essence of liberty. See, these controversies are not uncommon. They are not new. For Paul in Galatians, it was the controversy of his teachings of Christ, trying to make everybody know that they were free in Jesus Christ. And for us, it is the movement to reduce the population of black and brown voters, financial barriers, lack of access of transportation and limited information that makes it difficult for people to make it to the polls. And let us not forget, there's about an estimated 4.6 million Americans that are barred from voting due to felony conviction. Theologian Harvey Cox writes, the presence of God in the world cannot simply be proclaimed, it must be made visible. It must be mediated and fleshed out. The church must be tangible, the tangible sign of God's presence. As a community, we can strengthen our public witness by being the call for those that need our assistance, whether it is sharing voting information or a carpool to the polls. We have to be a community within a community to ensure that God's love and justice embraces all. Securing the right to vote was the act of Christ setting us free, defending, accessing, and making sure that restrictions are not placed on that right is how we do not submit again to the bondage of slavery. As receivers of liberty, we have a responsibility to preserve this gift at all costs. Our faith community stands at a crossroads. It stands at a crossroads of turning words into deeds, of transforming prayer into the force that brings about change. Senator Raphael Warnock said it like this, a vote is a kind of prayer for the world we desire for ourselves and our children. Turning prayer into action involves actively exercising and maintaining our civil responsibility to vote. So when we step into the voting booth, we are not merely casting a ballot, we are casting a prayer. 
We are casting the prayers of Eleanor Roosevelt, Martin Luther King, John Lewis, Susan B. Anthony, Cesar Chavez, Marsha P. Johnson, our ancestors, Jesus, just to name a few. Those who sacrificed so that we could activate this freedom for ourselves and future generations. When we take the initiative to vote, we are embodying our faith in action. We are choosing leaders and policies that align with the principles of justice and righteousness embedded in our sacred scriptures. I'm done. So as we approach Election Day this Tuesday, I dare not stand here to tell you what box to check or what political party to unite with. But I stand here to merely remind you to go and be that catalyst for positive change, standing up against the barriers that seek to burden us. As we stand at the intersection of faith and civic responsibility, let us remember Isaiah's words. Learn to do good, seek justice, and correct oppression. May our faith inspire us to respond with a bold voice and may our votes be a resounding affirmation of our dedication to stand for freedom. A freedom that reflects the liberating power of Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen. will go for us? Who will stand for us? I look around the room and I see many people here that we are burdened down with the barriers of this world. And to be honest, the only way that things are going to change, we got to exercise our right to vote. Young people, I know, my vote don't count. My vote don't mean nothing. Your vote won't mean anything if you don't do it. And as my grandfather used to say, if you don't vote, don't say nothing about it. faith community. No longer should we sit here and say we don't have a part in the public square. I thank my professor, Reverend Dr. Kathy Nelson, who uplifted me. She, she lifted me to use my voice. A moment of total honesty. I used to stray away from political conversations. I was literally Homer in the bush. You talking about protesting? From my couch. 
no longer. It's time out for that. If we want to see change, we have to be the change. And it starts right now. Amen? Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us of our responsibility as a community of faith. As we prepare our hearts and minds for the upcoming elections, remind us to follow you. Remind us that our vote is our prayer so that we may go well and be well for us, for our neighbors, our nation, and our world. God, we hear your call, and we commit to your call. Here we are. Send us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, SPU family. Thank you so much for listening to St. Peter United Sermons podcast. We pray you were touched or moved by this sermon. To support what we do, show your love and press that follow button. For more content and news, follow us on social media platforms at St. Peter United. Remember, click, like, subscribe, and follow. See you next time.